All right, we're ready now, aren't we? Why can't we have fun in the house of God? Amen. Tonight, we're going to talk about um, laying on of hands. You may say, why would we go down here? Well, we're, we're, a, we're a hands-laying church. Do you know that? Is that a, a correct expression, a hands-laying church? We're a laying on a hands church. The hands-laying sounds better. You come up here for prayer, we're going we're gonna to lay our hands on you. And we're going to believe for healing. And I want to kind of base the next the two weeks of Sunday nights on why we do that. The Scripture say to do that? Does the Old Testament support it? Does the New Testament support it? And um, in the midst of our transitioning as a church, we've got you know we've had to ask quite a few new families to come down here and and minister um, during altar call because you know we have six deacons and wives and there's not going to be enough services. I mean, there's not going to be enough deacons to cover the the ministry. So um, and I would hope that this would encourage you. Um, when we give an altar call or a ministry call, a, a time for ministry, that maybe you would look at it with a little bit different perspective and come up here and let's go through what I would like to call maybe an ordinance that God gave us to obey for healing or for whatever breakthrough that you're, you may, whatever breakthrough that you may need. I'm going to step out of uh, schedule a little bit. I want you to come up here and pray for me. Please, you spit out your gum. Thank you. Well, Father God, we just come to you tonight, Lord, and we just thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for this church, Lord, and for Pastor Paul and for all the pastors here, Lord, for the people here, Lord. I just thank you, Father God, that you just have poured your love in us, Lord. Lord God, we just want to say tonight that we love you, Lord, and we just open ourselves up before you, Lord, and... We just desire that you would come and have your way, Lord. Have your way in this people, Lord. Have your way in me, Lord. Have your way in this church, Lord. Have your way on this hill, Lord. Lord God, we desire the plan of God would come forth for this hill, Lord. For this church, Lord. For this body of believers, Lord. We love you, Lord, and we worship you, and we need you, Lord. Father God, thank you for Pastor Paul, and we just ask you, Lord, that you would speak through him tonight, Lord. Father God, that we could grab hold of what you're saying, Lord. Father God, we want to be doers of your word. Come and have your way in our lives, Lord. Have your way in this place, Lord. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Another thing to grab hold of is that Jesus commissioned us, and I say us, not as pastor, but as Christians, to go out and do his work. And you need to know why we do this, and you need to get with it. We need to start laying some hands on some people, letting letting God move in our city and in our work and in our jobs. But this phrase, the laying on of hands, it is an act, and this is going to sound very elementary, but it's an act of placing your hands on somebody, upon the body of another person, with some spiritual purpose. Normally, this act is uh, 
backed up by either prayer or some prophetic utterance or both. But outside of the sphere of religion, um, this act of laying on of hands is not strange or foreign to normal human behavior. Humans are touchy, feely. We like to hug. We like to touch. But in some parts of the world, when two men meet, instead of shaking hands, they put their hands on their shoulder. Um, one thing that I noticed in Uganda is when they, when they would shake my hand, they would then grab with the other hand. Very um, uh, embraceful is the way Elizabeth would put it, but it almost makes it a little bit more intimate. Um, and I don't mean in, inappropriately, but it's just, it's not just the standard, see who can grip each other's hands the hardest. You know, I can't stand for somebody to, to go and shake my hand and then get the jump on me and get my hand like this. Because I, I, you know, I feel like a, a dog that's rolled over and... You know, and I'm like, let go and let me get your hand again. You know, Joe Spicer can give you the roughest handshake anywhere. Let me tell you, you, you better get him right there, man. He's going to get you. I love that. I love a good firm handshake, but I can't stand it when somebody jumps the gun on me and I'm like some little wet washcloth. So people look at me funny sometimes and I'm saying, wait a minute, let's do it again. <clears throat> there we go. It still hurts, but it doesn't hurt. I'm sure I'm hurting you a little bit. And that's just, instead, what I'm getting at is, you know, it's just, you don't know what men do. No, I know they don't. Some do. Some will get you and just bring you to your knees. But men like to get a good handshake. Amen? Men? Amen. That was Amen. Amen. There we go. Y'all seen that commercial where he's trying to talk about he has this Dodge truck. And Howie Long talks to him about his truck and all of a sudden he's got this little squeaky voice. You know, he's trying to talk like he's got a big truck. Anyway. Anyway. This has nothing to do with shaking hands. But in many nations or different nations, they will, they will um, in meeting, will touch, you know, lay hands on each other, on each other's shoulder. As a, uh, this act constitutes an acknowledgement of their friendship or their, um, how do I put it, uh, pleasure at meeting each other. You know, we're happy that we're meeting each other. Or let's just, let's just take it another step and, uh, you know, I don't want to go too far with this, but even with a, a mother and a child, when a child complains of not feeling well, the first thing a mother does is come up and just put their hands on their on their uh, forehead, you know, to, to, to find out if they've got a fever, but just to get a good touch and a feel of them. And you know what? To a child, that's soothing. That's mama. You know, just getting their hands on them and getting a feel for what they feel like. So... Laying on of hands, you know, sometimes we want to maybe think it's a little strange, but it's very natural, almost instinctive, especially between a mother and a child. But inside the sphere of religion, the practice of laying on of hands can be considered as an extension or an adaption of what already comes natural to us. Can you catch that? 
What already comes natural to us, I believe that this here is, is an extension of that. But as a religious act, the laying on of hands normally signifies um, one of three possible things. First, the person laying hands, laying on of hands, may transmit spiritual blessing or authority on the, on the one whom the hands are being laid. Spiritual authority or blessing. You know, I had my grandfather, um, John, I don't think you were here, but uh, Granny and Pa came one week, and um, it's probably been two or three months ago. And just in the midst of that service, I went back there and I asked him to lay hands on me. Um, I feel like that my father and my grandfathers have spiritual and natural authority over me. And I see the value of physical hands being laid on me. And um, I want you to see that God sees that and the Word of God shows that. So to, to transmit spiritual blessing or authority or the person laying hands on may acknowledge publicly some blessing or authority or already received or finally the act of laying on of hands may publicly commit to God, commit something or someone to God for some special task. Like, for instance, the Mueller's when y'all were stepping out um, officially into uh, ministry, I felt like it was almost an ordination um, coming from the, the leadership of the church, the spiritual leadership of the church, laying hands on and commissioning or sending you out. Um, it wasn't just some thing that we just did just for fun because they're going into ministry. No, there was spiritual implication that we wanted to impart at, from the heart of our church into you and into your ministry. Are you with me? Probably I've not touched on anything that you don't already know. But if I have, great. I, I, you know, I, I, I want us to have a little bit better understanding. Um, but all three of these can, be, can, can happen all at the same time. You know, we, we can have a... We, we can have um, a blessing. We can be uh, publicly com uh, proclaiming a blessing, but also be ordaining or, I've got all these big words, um, or commissioning or um, sending one out into to, uh, ministry or, or something. All at the same time. Okay, enough of that. If we look in the Old Testament, um, we're going to see that from the beginning, laying on of hands... Um, exist was an accepted practice in the earliest records of God's people. And we'll see it in Genesis. And we see in Genesis um, 48, verse 14, how Joseph brought his two sons, um, Ephraim and Manasseh, to his father, Jacob, to receive Jacob's blessing. Let's read right here. It says, Then Israel, or Jacob, if you remember, his name was changed, stretched out his right hand and laid it on Ephraim's head, who is the younger and his left hand on Manasseh's head, guiding his hands knowingly, for Manasseh was the firstborn. Guiding his hands um, knowingly. Um, what I want you to catch is the significance of laying on of hands and the hand being laid upon. At first, Joseph, Joseph's like... Dad, wait a minute. You've missed it. And tried to go in there and switch his hands around. Wait a minute. This one's the oldest. And it says Joseph knowingly 
He placed his right hand on the younger one. Now, do you remember any other time that this same thing happened? Jacob and Esau. Jacob was the younger, yet he was the one that received the firstborn blessing. But at first, Joseph thought his father had made a mistake and tried to switch his hands. Switch, Dad. This was the firstborn. But Jacob indicated that he had been conscious of divine guidance, meaning God had instructed him in placing his right hand upon Ephraim and his left hand upon Manasseh. And with his hands still crossed in position, then he proceeded to bless the two boys with the first and greater blessing going to Ephraim and the lesser blessing going to Manasseh. So this this passage shows us that Old Testament teaching accepts this practice and that the blessing of Jacob should be transmitted to his two grandsons. Now, do you see that? Grandsons. You grandparents still have the ability to bless your grandchildren and should. You should open your mouth and bless your grandchildren. But um, And uh, it, it shows us that it was accepted for the grandfather to transmit blessing upon his grandchildren's head, their heads, on their, on their lives, and that the greater blessing was transmitted through the right hand and the lesser through his left hand. Now, I, I don't believe that we live exactly in the days that they live in, but I believe, that we, I believe in another sense that we do. Um, you know, as, as parents raising children today, it's very much um, all about being... Um, fair and balanced, right? Anyone that has more than one child know knows what a struggle it is. It is a struggle. But I I have found it, and I'm I hate I don't know I'm really struggling here just knowing. But you know the firstborn goes through things that the younger ones will never first go through. And the last one seems to kind of get a little bit different deal than the first ones get. Now, hopefully it's not financial. Let me tell you, we're different when our fourth one's going through the things our first one went through. You know, what really bothered me at first doesn't bother me quite this much. Now it's like, what are you asking me for? Go on. Where with the first one, we've got to go down every slide in the... McDonald's Playland. You okay? Come on. Come on. Daddy can't squeeze through it all, but come on. By the last one. You, you know what, what's funny is when we go to, to uh, vacation and we've got um, these water slides and my babies are scared half to death, but you know Daddy knows best. They're going to love it. So what do I do? They're screaming and I've got people looking at me thinking, what is he doing to his child? And I'm like, you come on, you're going to love it. No, Dad, I'm scared. No, no, no. And all of a sudden, I shove them down it. And I go running after him. I go running after him. Are you okay? About two minutes later, 
You can see him. I want to go do that again. I know. But don't shove me again. I said, okay. I won't. But I did it for your good. And they're like, that's messed up. But you know what? Somehow in the back of their mind, they're thinking, but I, I kind of get it. You know what, Daddy? Daddy just shoved me down the, the Tower of Terror. Oh, I shove him. Not the Tower of Terror. That is a ride, which I have ridden with some of my kids that were brave enough to go on it. But, uh, you know, they have these rules now. You can't go with them. I can't go down the water slides with them, probably because I'm way 200 pounds more than them, and I'll kill them at the bottom. So what do you do if they're going to do it? I shove them. <laughs> but now, you know, my youngest ones knows what's coming. I can't fool them anymore. When, I could, when, when they didn't know it was coming, it was easy. They'd just be screaming the whole way down, but I wouldn't fight them going up to the top. You say you say it's awful, but you're right there in complete support. Oh, it'll be okay, honey. You go on with Daddy. <laughs> I don't know what this has to do with laying on of hands, but Daddy was laying his hands on his kid, shoving shoving him out. But let's look at another example. We read about Moses as he came near the end of his earthly ministry. Um, he asked the Lord to appoint a new leader over Israel and who should take and uh, over Israel who should take Moses' place. And the way that the Lord ordained the person to replace him, um, we see in Numbers um, chapter 27. It says, "And the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua the son of Nun with you." A man in whom is the whole is the spirit, and lay your hand on him. Set him before Eleazar the priest and before all the congregation, and inaugurate him in their sight. And you shall give some of your authority to him, that all the congregation of the children of Israel may be obedient. This is directly from God. These commands for us to lay hands on the sick or lay hands on those and ordain them or appoint them to positions, spiritual positions, are of God. So when you come up here, and we're going to see that where I'm, where I'm mainly going to focus on is healing. I'm doing a lot of groundwork to get there, but the main focus is healing. And when you come up here, let me tell you, I'm going to do two things to you for healing. I'm going to anoint you with oil, and I'm going to lay my hands on you. And I'm going to believe that God's, I'm not going to believe this, God's word does say this, but I'm going to believe that what he says is true. That when we call for the elders of the church, lay hands on the sick and anoint them with oil, that they will recover. That's not based on Paul. That's based on Jesus Christ and his word. And I believe it. So when you come up here, more is going on than just us praying for your problem. We are tapping into God's instruction and believing for healing. So when you come up here, you need to believe you're going to get healed. 
because we're obeying God. And then Moses carries it out in verse 22. It says, so Moses did as the Lord commanded him. That's a big statement right there. Moses did what he was told to do. I find that impactful. He took Joshua and set him before Eleazar the priest and before all the congregation. And he laid his hands on him and inaugurated him just as the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses. And then we see the result in Deuteronomy 34, verse 9. It says, Now Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hand on him, hands on him, so the children of Israel heeded him, and did as the Lord, and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. Now, there was great significance in this act of Moses laying on his hands, both for Joshua individually, but also for the whole congregation of Israel. Did you see this? So the children of Israel heeded him. They saw it and they accepted it. When when leaders change and those under him, those those un, those those that come under that authority need to grab hold of the new leader. And this was done according to what God commanded. The people knew it, they saw it, and they received it. So when, when you walk up here for healing, you need to know God said it and take heed of it. God said to do it. God said to do it, just like God told Moses to do it. What did Moses do? He did it. He did it as God had commanded him. And the people received it. Do you, do you catch that? That it was impactful for Joshua, but it was also impactful for the children of Israel for coming under what God had set in place. Do you see that if our nation would come under God, it would have great impact on our nation? Same thing here. They came under what God had, God had said to a man to do something. They witnessed him doing it. And they received it. I, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I think that we that we just are, are close, or or we risk things just kind of blowing right over our heads and not catching the impact of knowing what God says to do, doing it, and believing in God to fulfill what He said He was going to do. First, he transmitted, he transmitted to Joshua a measure of the spiritual wisdom and honor that he had received from God. Um, I believe that we here on this earth can ask God, now we can't physically do this. I mean, I can't lay my hands on Stephen or on Zach or uh, on you and impart into you, uh, let me, I, I don't, I don't want to get too weird here, but uh, my musical ability or if I have any spiritual ability or or a, a portion of the Holy Spirit, but through God and through how He has ordained us to to have the power when we touch one another, God does it. You know, I don't know if you've if you've ever gone to a minister. Something that was very that frequent that that I've seen happen frequently is to go to the man of God and ask him to bless you, or ask for an impartation of maybe this may sound strange, but his ministry. Like Lyndall Cooley 
people would go up and want him to touch their hands. That maybe what he has, God has blessed him with might get a little bit of that. That's not weird. You know what? When I find somebody that has a healing ministry or that God's moving in mightily, brother, pray for me. Put your hands on me. I want what you've got. You've got the power of God. Let that be released in me. You know, you've got to go after it. You know, the woman with the issue of blood went after it, didn't look for her to even touch, for Jesus to even touch her. She just wanted to touch the garment. And you know what? Healing power flowed out of him into her. And it was already done. And Jesus said, whoa, what was that? Can you imagine being pushed up against? If you ever, we went to a, uh, this weekend, we went to a, a Toby Mac concert. Man, let me tell you, it was it was awesome. And it's all hip-hop, uh, poppy music. Um, we had to, we had to, we, we saw Hawk Nelson. We saw um, the Afters. We saw, um, I don't know who else. There's a few other acts. Um, but we were trying to get to Toby Mac. My son loves Toby Mac, and I just decided, you know what, he's a good influence. I'm going to part the waters to try to figure out how to get my kid to that. That's something I want. I, I, well, there's all this other nasty stuff out here. I'm going to make a way to figure out a way to get him there. But if you can imagine, I mean, we, there was it was full. It was Thompson Bowling Arena completely full. And, I mean, we're, we're elbow to elbow with everybody, you know, just stinky. You know, you just, it's hot. Everybody's been dancing. This guy dances. I mean, it's a show. Um, but if you can imagine being in a crowd like that and being bumped into and, you know, trying to get somewhere and all of a sudden, hey, somebody touched me. Yeah, well, join the crowd. I'm, you know, it's, you know, I'm, I'm getting touched everywhere. You know, it's what they said. Man, are you kidding me? Jesus, of course somebody touched you. No, healing power came out of me. There is power in touch. Have you ever had somebody pray for you and you tangibly feel something? What do you think that is? That's the power of God being released into you. You need to go after the touch. You need to run to the touch. So the first part of Moses laying his hands on is he, he transmitted a, um, to Joshua a measure of the spiritual wisdom and honor that he had received from God. God had give, put it on Moses. Uh, uh, God told Moses to lay his hands on Joshua that a portion of that power would be released into him, right? And then secondly, he publicly acknowledged before the whole congregation of Israel God's appointment of Joshua as the leader. So in, in one act, both were done. Okay, I'm going to stop there. I'm, I'm, my, my next step is going into New Testament. And, uh, um, you know, I, I, the same as we need to desire um, uh, the laying on of hands for, for healing, we need to desire the personal, intimate touch of God on your life. 
And the way that you get that is just by going after him. And the, I, I think the primary way is just by getting in his word. That seems so non-intimate. But let me, let me ask you to, to have that argument after you're in it. Start getting in it and stay in it for about a week. And then tell me that things aren't starting to change. You need to get the touch of God. You need to get the touch of God. It's like worship. You know, we need and we need to achieve in worship a touch of God. If not, we're just singing songs. And I think there is power in the things that we're proclaiming. But my idea of worship is going into the presence of God. It's not just going through the motions. God, yes, we do need to praise God. We do need to proclaim out of our mouth how powerful and how wonderful God is. But God doesn't want it to stop there for us. We have something, there is something in, there's something in it for me. And that's the king. I don't have to just stand on the outside and just go through the motions. No, I have a place to go and that is into the presence of God. So even though our songs may seem like we're kind of going through the motions, we individually can push past that veil that was torn. We're going to see it at Easter the veil was completely ripped in half. Something that I don't think man could have physically done. And man could not physically make a way for us back to God. It took the Son of Man. It took Jesus Christ, the Son of God, to make that way. So as I'm talking about the laying on of hands and the man of God putting their hands on, and you're the man and the woman of God placing your hands on people at work or that sort of thing, we, before we go laying our hands on people, we need to have the touch of God. And we need to be full of the Holy Spirit, and then we need to operate in it. Do you hear me? So I'm kind of jumping the gun, but we need a touch. And I want to encourage you again, um, get in your one year. Start on March the 8th. Start on March the 9th. You may think it's going to seem weird not starting at the beginning. I started July 28th. That's my starting date. Praise God, I started on July 28th, and I didn't wait until the next year because I probably wouldn't have started. Get in your word. Start asking for God to touch you. God's wanting to move in your life. Father, I just thank you for tonight, and I just ask you for, for power from on high, as we read in Acts 1-8 this, this morning. Lord, that you would pour your spirit out upon this church, Lord. And that, Lord, we would feel your touch. And, Lord, we would love you enough to pursue you. Lord, we don't just love out of mouth service or lip service, Lord, but that we truly love you and we're going to start learning about you. We're going to come after you, Lord, and when we do, we're going to find you. And, Lord, in the midst of everything that's crumbling in this world, we're going to find stability and we're going to find peace in a world that has no peace. When we come and find you, we will find peace and we will find comfort. And we will find um, provision. God, you are so ready to rescue us. Let us start coming towards you this week. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. I hope you have a great week.